the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Praise God. Let me draw your attention to two passages this morning of scriptures. Uh, one is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 19 to 21. And the second one is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15. These passages are m- most commonly referred to as the vessel of honor uh, passages in scriptures. 2 Timothy 2, 19 to 21 first. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore... If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let Each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as though going through, but only as through fire. Uh, Built for Honor is the title of the sermon, and this is going to be our ongoing theme for the next year, 2022. We're going to focus on how to build a local body, how we build ourselves as honorable vessels for the glory and service of God. Uh, You might be able to relate to this story. A few years ago, a friend of mine invited me to a restaurant for lunch. And this restaurant uh, was known for it's good food, obviously. So I got excited. You know, food does get me excited. Um, when we got there, the place itself was pretty big, and uh, there's a lot of fancy decorations. Uh, what drew my attention was, was, were these two big uh, cabinets containing um, porcelain, fine porcelain dishes and cups and, and silverware. They looked uh, pretty expensive. And as we sat down, I noticed right away that the uh, plates and cups and spoons that they were using are not the same 
as the ones that are displayed on those cabinets. And I kind of, you know, looked at those utensils, the plates, and they were very dirty. In fact, I scrutinize them a little bit, and I see spots and the spoons and the cups. The fingerprints were very visible. And I want to let you know, it didn't matter how appetizing the food was or how good the food smelled. I just lost my appetite seeing that the plates <laughs> were really, really not dirty. So, you know, like anybody else, we ask for replacements, and we did get new ones, but they're not much different. I just wish that they would have taken those plates on display and had them to go along with the great food that the restaurant enjoyed as its reputation. Now, in our text, we find a similar scenario existing in God's household. Now, these verses that we just read, okay, the Apostle Paul, who wrote them, likened the church, the body of Christ, to a big house filled with different utensils. Okay, that's in verse 20, and we will go back to that in a minute. The master of the house in this uh, passage is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And the different vessels, the different utensils found inside this big house refer to you and I as followers of the Lord, as members of Christ's body, those of us who belong to the church. Now, I realize that in any church, there are those who are non-believers, okay? You know, you can go to any given church, and not everybody that sat on the, the pew uh, are believers. But these passages that we just read, I want to make it clear, refers to those who are, in fact, born-again Christians. Paul was speaking to those who are part of the body of Christ, who belong, uh, they belong to the household of God. And the, the, the fascinating thing about these verses is that it was very clear that in this house filled with People who worship the Lord, not every one of them are serving God with honor. They're not honorable vessels. In fact, it's very clear that some who belong to the body of Christ are serving the Lord in ignoble ways, dishonorable ways. So it helps for us to understand that not because we belong to the body of Christ, means that we are honorable vessels being used by God in noble and honorable ways. Now, that, that caught my attention as I was thinking about our theme for next year. My responsibility as a, as a pastor is limited to that, to be able to just say to God's people, this is what God requires of us. I'm not taking anybody to heaven. Don't worry. All right? But my responsibility as someone who preaches the Word of God is to make sure that we understand what God expects of each and every one of us, including me. Not because I stand here um, automatically means that I'm kind of above everybody, amen? You know, it doesn't mean that. It's just I'm fulfilling my role in the body of Christ, and all of us have our roles to fulfill in the body of Christ. We all have to serve the Lord. And the idea here is to understand what, uh, what an honorable vessel looks like and what a dishonorable vessel looks like. So it's important for us to understand how 
we can get a grasp of what God requires of each and every one of those who serve him. And I think our, our passage speaks uh, quite clearly about what an honorable vessel looks like. We are all doulos. That's the Greek word for slaves or servants. We are all servants of the king. We are all vessels within the household of faith. Okay? And we are clearly commanded to be vessels of honor. So as a church, I want to challenge us now and this coming year to look within ourselves to make sure that we are being built as God's honorable house, as, as collectively as a church, that we are honorable to God, and as individual members of the body of Christ, we are serving Him honorably. Now, it applies, these passages, these passages that we've read, applies to both the church as individual members of the body and as a collective group of people who were brought out from the world to represent Jesus in this world. So this, this message is quite important. Don't shut me out yet. Uh, this becomes critical as to how we assess ourselves individually as servants of the Lord and as collectively as a church moving forward this year. So what does an honorable vessel, an honorable Christian or a church, uh, how are we built? How should we be built? Okay, uh, what does it look like? You know, he, he, it's Living Rock. You know, if you've, you've been attending Live Rock for, Living Rock for several uh, months or several years, how do you know that you are in an honorable, an honorable vessel? This, is, this church is an honorable vessel. We're going to take a look at the, the scriptures and, and find out, you know, how uh, the church is built, how every local church and how the church in general should be built. Okay, there are uh, three concise ways vessels of honor or a noble church for God's use is built. Okay, there are three points this morning in this sermon as always. Okay, number one, the church is built on the foundation of God's sovereignty and our personal purity, the pursuit of uh, and prioritizing of purity. Look at verse 19 again. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now, very clearly, God knows those who are truly His. He knows those who truly belong to Him, who are legitimate members of the body of Christ. He knows all of us by name, okay? Because God has that sovereign knowledge. He knows those who are His. But God's sovereign knowledge of those who belong to Him does not preclude us from exercising our will to prioritize living a pure and holy life before Him to be set apart for His purpose. God built the foundation of our salvation on the back of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom He sent to the cross for us. The foundation 
of our salvation is Jesus. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus. So God knows those who receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and He knows all of those people by name. Now, not because that's true means we have no responsibility towards becoming that, that, the vessel that God is using. And that, that becomes very clear. We serve the Lord on the, the basis of the fact that Jesus is our King. Okay? I think a lot of Christians have a problem looking at Jesus as King. You know, we, we throw around words like Messiah and Savior and Lord. All those three terms point to one thing alone, and that is Jesus is our King. So you got to stop thinking about, oh, Jesus is my Savior. You mean Jesus is your King. That's what the word is. It's not really, you know, you know, you say a Messiah, anybody can be a Messiah, you know. Anybody can be called Lord. In fact, Jesus would, would say to some people, yeah, you, you call me Lord, Lord, but I never knew you. Because calling Jesus Lord, calling Jesus Messiah, calling Jesus Savior to a Christian means Jesus is our King. And kings have slaves, doulos. We, want, we don't want to use slaves because it offends people, okay? Only in church can I say that because that's what the Greek word is. We use the word servant because that's a more acceptable term. But the word servant, as it refers to those who belong to Jesus, the king, they're called slaves. Paul addressed himself as a slave of Christ. Duolos. That's the word. Don't be afraid of the word. Because that's what we are. Slaves of a king. Okay? And we are, our goal is to serve Jesus as our king honorably. And how do we do that? It begins by being responsible for getting rid of the things that puts our king's name to shame. And drags us down, drags his name to the mud. Okay? It's very important. Now, God knows who you are. You belong to Jesus. What will be your response? What would be my response? My response is to prioritize how I could be honorable to my king. And it begins by getting rid of those things that, puts, that put the name of our king to shame. We need to get away from those shameful things that often dominate our lives. And I'm not speaking to non-believers. I'm speaking to Christians. The Bible is speaking to Christians when, he, when it talks about these things. We have no business as members of the household of our king in, in partaking and compromising the name of the Lord by participating in things, activities that bring dishonor to the name of our Lord. We need to abandon those things, those vices, hidden sins, bitternesses, malice. All of those things were commanded in scriptures over and over again to forego of them. I mean, if you read the New Testament, let alone the Old Testament, we are commanded to depart from those things. 
And the reason behind it is not because, you know, God is a capricious, egotistical God. It simply means that we need to honor His name because He's our King. And that's how we prove it, by, by, by abandoning those things. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, we are called, we need to set aside those things that are becoming obstacles and hindrances in us running the race. Because our main goal is to be honorable vessels that honors the name of our Lord. We need to abandon those things, whatever they are. We need to flee from them. We have no business keeping those things in our lives. We should know, that we should know who we are. Okay, who are we? Number one, we are known to God. That's who we are. We are children of God, but also servants of our King. We should know our susceptibilities. We should know our weaknesses. Uh, can I hear an amen on that? We should know them. God, God does not hide those things from us, and we certainly cannot hide those things from God. Amen? We need to know our susceptibilities. We need to know our weaknesses. And you know what? Let me just be clear this morning. We all have them. We all do. You know? That's why we're at church. This, this gathering this morning is not just about people who are trying to uh, please the Lord by worshiping His name. This is a statement of dependence upon the grace of God because I know for myself, the moment I get into my car on the way home, don't mess with me in the freeway because you might hear me say things that I have no business saying. And so are you. But you know what the good news is? God knows what He requires of us. Is for us to trust Him that He knows us already. This is, called, this is called spiritual maturity. This is called spiritual growth. Knowing what our weaknesses are. If our weakness, uh, uh, you know, if we have weaknesses in the flesh, you know, we all know we have, you know, whatever it is. Uh, sexual sins. Every man's battle, you know. Now every woman's battle. It could be, it could be substances, alcohol, whatever. All of those things, if we know what they are, we need to get help. If you're struggling with alcohol, there are AA programs. And yes, for Christians. You know, we, can't, we can't hide the fact that we need help in the areas of weaknesses. Amen? What we Christians are good at is, you know, hiding behind our pious, you know, presentation before the people but god knows he knows who we are and he doesn't reject us on the basis of our weaknesses he empowers us he helps us okay why do you think god wants us to abandon those things why do you think we have a responsibility to prioritizing purity in our life why because every time we mess up, we just don't drag ourselves in the mud. We drag His name. We bring Him down. 
So whatever the vices, whatever the problem, whatever the sin is that's causing us uh, to give dishonor to the name of the Lord, God's purpose is to make us honorable, honorable vessels. I did not say perfect. I said honorable. It's like that restaurant that I alluded to in the beginning of the sermon. God has some good food. But he's not just going to put it on dirty plates. You know what I'm saying? You know, God says, I have this gospel. I have this good news. I have these wonderful words of life, promises, things to advance people's lives. And who am I going to use to do this? The church. The church is responsible for, for conveying the glory of God to the world. And we are like those plates. What kind of plates? Are we is the question because I don't think God will put this good. How would you like me to serve you a steak on a rusty plate? I'd still eat it, Pastor. You get the point. Vessels are important to, to the household of God because he's serving good food. He's serving good food to the world. The question is not whether the message or, or the word of God is good. The word of God is good. The Bible says the word of the Lord is true, is pure. It enhances the soul. More to be desired are they than gold. Ooh, than much fine gold. It's not the message, loved ones, that's the problem. The message is good. The plate is the problem sometimes. That's why scripture is clear. God knows you and I by name, and those who name the name of the Lord shall depart from iniquity. Because God wants to be honored in our lives. That's important to God. It's more important to God than making us feel good every day in our lives. Did you know that? Maybe I will offend some of you. God is less interested in making your life always happy, always fulfilled. He's less interested in that. I might as well tell you that's not what the Bible teaches. Not that he doesn't care about your happiness or joy or whatnot. Not that he doesn't care. He does provide these things. But his number one priority is the honor of his name. And that's what we believe as Jesus. That's what the Christians have been believing for over 2,000 years. We have an ancient faith. I mean, even before that, even in the Old Testament, God has a priority on his name. Okay? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6 says, it says, For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. God already settled it. My word to you is secured. It's true. It will not put you to shame. That's not the question. The question is, are we putting his word to shame? So we need to recognize that the sovereignty of God and our priority of purity. So, Pastor, how, how, do, I, how, do, I, how do I even begin uh, to deal with that? Okay? God's sovereign rule in our life is characterized by our commits, commitment to personal purity. And there are three primary areas where personal purity must be a priority. That's a lot of P's in there. All right? There are three areas that we need to really prioritize in terms of personal purity. Number one, biblical teaching. This has to do with doctrine. Our biblical teaching, we, we, we need to get to that point in our lives when our doctrine is pure. It's clear. Right? Secondly, behavioral traits. So biblical teaching, number two, behavioral traits. That involves our conduct, how we conduct ourselves. Okay? We need to pursue purity in that area. And number three, basic thinking. 
and that has to do with motives, okay? So biblical teaching, behavioral traits, and basic thinking. Let me just give me a minute to unpack those things. We place a great priority in these three areas because above all aspects of life, these three things reveal who we really are and what kind of vessels we are for God's use. Are we pure in our understanding of biblical teaching? Do we know what we believe? Gotta begin there. Breaks my heart to see Christians getting deceived day in and day out about what's going on in the world around them because they simply don't know what God already said. I mean, it's going on all over the place. You know, some of the things that, 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 that Christians believe nowadays, it, it, it baffles, it, it's, it boggles the mind, so to speak. It reveals who we really are. When it come, doctrine is important, amen? It's important for us becoming vessels of honor. Otherwise, our belief will simply, uh, you know, mis misrepresent what God says. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.